A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. Mission Brief, The Falcon, and The Winter Soldier. I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. And I'm Josh Rosegrant. Hooray, he got it. (laughs) And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and talking about episode number two of The Falcon and The Winter Soldier, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them our social medias. Go ahead, he does. You do. First off, go on Facebook.com or Twitter.com slash or Instagram.com slash The Marvelous. Or Josh. I don't have any. I was talking about the show itself, Josh. Anyway, oh. go on all of those social media platforms. This is going to be like pulling teeth. Anyway, go on those platforms and give us a follow ski on there or individually. Myself, at Peter Melnick on Twitter and Instagram and at Peter Melnick, but better on TikTok. And there's only one place on the whole worldwide interwebs you can find E. Wilson, and that is... At Eddie9193. But Eddie... What? Instagram. There we go. <laughs> just changing it up. Well, yeah, we're both, we both are. And remember, just like Josh had said at the beginning, he is not on any social media platforms. However, he is available on a podcasting format, and that is where, Josh? Oh, thank you. The Dramatic Workshop Podcast, available on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well and done. Uh, practice that, me- I think. Medium rare, even. <laughs> now, you can also find our show on a wide variety of streaming platforms. Just Google the show, and you'll be able to find us. But we prefer Spotify as the way to go, because you can listen to our show as well as many, many other shows. And also, just listen to the stuff that's on Captain America's playlist from uh, The Winter Soldier. Trouble me. Yeah, and I like their Spotify uh, lettering. Graphics, etc. It's very I, nice, very I, eye-appealing. I've been preferring using Spotify for uh, certain podcasts. And then, you know, I'll use the main podcast app on the iPhone, but I like Spotify for that. And just an aside, podcast I recommend, The Ringers, uh, 60 Songs That Explain the 90s, hosted by Rob Harvella. Really good show. Okay. Eddie, you would like the show. I could be. Probably would, honestly. I need, I need some 90s explanation. There. I'll send it over to you. Okay. You can also find us on a wide variety of platforms to help support the show. Because that's what platforms do. Exactly. They <laughs> they support what's on them. Good Lord, you are sharp today. I like this. Yikes. This is why you're a good morning show host. Oh, well, eh. It's a work in progress. Thank you. Work in progress. Where, who let Balboa in? Chomp. Because I'm a shark now. God, I can't wait for that movie, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you can find us on those platforms, such as com slash... The Marvelous. Or Josh... The Marvelous? Correct. Yeah, good enough. I liked it. You help us support on, well, you help support us on the show, easy for me to say, by getting the Dad Joke Immune t-shirt, and we're going to be throwing some other stuff on there in the very near future. And remember, support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Marvelous. Or The Marvelous? Damn it, who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. (laughs) With a question mark at the end. He likes that. I do. Anyway, help support the show on there. And as of this past week, we just released our 
latest episode of The Fantastic Voyage, episode number eight, issue number eight, where we're joined with comic artist and my pal, Ryan Tavares of the Comic Nomads, talking again about the mischief of the Puppet Master, or whatever the hell it's called, the menace of the Puppet Master, the pontificating of the Puppet Master, the palavering of the Puppet Master, the polka dancing of the Puppet Master. No, 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 that's not polka dancing. Oh, I would, I would, I would read that one, though. I'm sure. Anyway, enough of the chicken dancing, enough of that palaver. Like I said, patreon.com slash the marvelous. Or the marvelous? I like how I'm pointing to a person that's not there, but technically there. Yeah. But, gentlemen, episode number two of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right off the bat, we got a superhero landing in this episode. I got to talk about that. That is prime comic book action. And scattered throughout this this episode, that really kept it moving. Uh, and you got the fi- the final, the meeting of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Strangely enough, through the video that Bucky was watching, the news report of the new Captain America, John Walker. And I realize I botched this opening of this by just talking about the superhero landing per my notes, when the actual opening of the series shows us this new Captain America, John Walker. And yes, I absolutely love how... It's a humanization of the character, and to be completely honest, I felt for him right until that one line where, well, stay the hell out of my way. Did it just, like, flip the switch for you right there? Because I think for me it was leading up to that. That became the definitive statement to me. For me, when he says, stay the hell out of my way, that was like, oh, yeah. well, this is what he is. Yeah, because in the beginning of this, you kind of feel for him. He's nervous. He's rehearsing in the locker room. He's um, a his, dork. He's gr- yeah, he's not sure how he should be behaving and stuff, and he's going to make this big grandiose uh, appearance in the stadium and be on uh, Good Morning America. Oh, my God. And the funniest thing was that took me, like, a full minute. I was still waking <laughs> up as I'm watching this, so pardon me, but, like, oh, it's a play on words because he's Captain America. Good morning, America. Good morning. I understood that, right? I just woke up. I had my coffee in my He's hand. being humble, but the news anchor is giving his credentials, three medals of honor, and the other accolades he's gotten. Josh? Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. It seemed like he was just trying to get the words right, right? Good morning, America. Like he was just trying to figure it out in the <laughs> beginning. And then it's a play. It's 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 the TV show, Good I, Morning, America. You see what they did there? I, I, ah. I was such a dumbass in that sense of, oh, oh, I get it now. It's, it's funny. Same. I, I would say overall, though, they they definitely knocked it out of the park with making him into... Like, yes, the man has a very punchable face. <laughs> I admit that. Like, look, like, how many memes, Eddie, did you see involving this new Captain America right from the get-go of that episode, the I, first one? Yeah, no, I think... Right, from the ending, exactly. To see to see his face, the chin... And just you that know. reaction. Like, what was your favorite one? Mine was the one where they just threw the, the uh, old guy from Up and put a Captain America That's just what on. I thought of right now. I said, why at the end of that first episode does this look familiar? And that's why. Not even having seen the movie Up. But, yes, that's the face. Absolutely. That could be one of those squeeze balls that, you know, a stress ball that where the eye pops out here and the cheek goes out <laughs> that way. And, and this could be the face. For me, the one that, like, really got it was, like, somebody put up a tweet going, the actor wow, I get to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I can't wait. The internet, we hate you. <laughs> Josh? Oh, man. I unfortunately didn't see any. 
I, I don't know if he has a punchable face. I, I don't know if I would punch him. Maybe like as a quick thing and then maybe a runaway. But yeah, <laughs> Josh, would you give, would you give him the sharpshooter on a top flight of stairs? If I had the advantage, yes. Like maybe like a sneak attack from behind, a quick trip. I enjoy the legs and then run away before he gets back up. I enjoy that we have these little inside jokes that the audience won't get, but we most certainly will. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's so guy. deceptive. But you'd see in the beginning too with with Cap, the new Cap coming out onto the field, all the new Cap merch that's out. They're kind of redesigned of the A in the center of what could be interpreted as a shield type of thing, all on the band members and we're uniforms. Star Spangled Man. That's a, a yeah. rendition of it, and I I didn't I did not catch that, which I, is I'm surprised I did not catch that, but the interwebs did. Well, I didn't catch it right away either, and I did see it twice. I have to say, but I did catch the transition of again seeing John Walker in the locker room, and then finally saying, you know, let's get to work after Hoskins comes in and drops that Star Spangled Man and with a plan kind of thing. Uh, time to go to work, and then it transitions into the music, and then it becomes oh, the band is playing this song. Kind right. of thing. So a little different uh, mm-hmm. setup on the intro, the way they executed that. That was good. And I would say, in regards to that, it's it's a way of making him into such a he is for me. Like I said, somewhat of a sympathetic character. But then you know he has that complete heel turn, like right with that one line for me. But when you're seeing him, he's like you know, he's got big shoes to fill. I feel for the guy. You know, right. but Which, there are like elements in the foundation that start to crack when you know he has certain lines. Like it slowly happens. It, like, it starts right away with the interview that he does in that stadium with the reporter because she says, oh, we're going to see a lot of eagles flying overhead, or maybe he says that, and then there was the other thing that he kind of plays into it, and all of a sudden, like, oh, he's building confidence. He's coming into his, his role or feeling He's coming okay. out of his cage, and he's just doing just fine. Gotta, gotta be down because he wants it all. The killer's. The Killers, that's right. Okay, yes. Hot Fuss, underrated album. Well, not really underrated, but one of the best albums of the early 2000s. Two hits in I there, understood I that reference. Well, that's good. Mr. Brightside, Smile Like You Mean It, uh, Somebody Told Me. Mr. Brightside, Somebody Told Me. That's the ones that I know. Yeah, but th- it's a solid album from top to bottom. That's actually one of those albums I can listen to from the beginning to end and not skip a track. Very rare for me with that. Uh, in my, in my record-weaning years, I would do that with a lot of stuff. Eddie, the record-weenie. <laughs> Fine. And that was great seeing that eye roll. There, he said it. So, but you know, I was thinking, I have a comment. The between Captain America, Steve Rogers, you see like a lighter costume. With this new Captain America, you see a more darker brand. Is he supposed to eventually become a bad version of Captain America? Eddie, as the co- more of the comic book aficionado, uh, I'm going to lead it to you. It's just a little bit that I can do, and I was saying this to my wife, Nancy, and, and she's got a little opinion on, on this episode overall or on what she's seen because she actually, for the first time, saw both episodes back-to-back. But, yeah, they redesigned the look of the chest, if nothing else, and, and the rest of the costume, and where it looks like it's a very dark navy blue along with the darker red in this TV version comic book if i'm not mistaken for us agent is more really black yeah and mm-hmm. red and red so there's a little difference there honestly i have yet to to get into us agent in the comic book form but, but i do recall it. yes but i've seen it and i do recall also and as i as i tried to enlighten my wife about saying that you know this takes a different route with captain america out of the picture the traditional original etc and in the comic book there is at least one cover of captain america about to fight, go head-to-head with U.S. agent. 
and that's a whole you know different storyline. That's about all I have on that. I think overall, like that, I like the costume more in a lot of ways than the standard Captain America, which it might be a hot take, but I kind of like this a little bit more. Is it more sleek looking? Uh, I would say, up to date, modern. I don't. I would say so, and like just the idea of you know horizontal stripes on there as opposed to the vertical. The vertical, you know. I always thought he looked like Captain Puerto Rico, whereas, you know, this one... I've heard that uh, as know, far as the color scheme and the same colors of their flag. Yes, the Puerto Rican flag. Well, right. yeah, because it's red, white, and blue. Yep, well... <laughs> but, you know, just the idea Are that... Is that Captain Puerto Rico? There is, I believe. Wasn't there oh, in Josh, the, Josh, Josh. In the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in, in the 90s run a uh, Captain America-ish with a mustache type character? Yeah. I haven't really read towards that run. I read, I think... I haven't gotten to the 90s one yet. There is, well, me oh. too, but... I'm still yeah. getting towards Kovac, or Korvac Saga. Okay, Co- Korvac. Okay, early yeah. 90s, yeah, late 80s. Well, no, that's the, yeah, that's, no, the beginning of the 80s. Mm-hmm. So that's considered their early stuff, right before the uh, Jim Valentino 1990s. Okay. Because they disappeared for a little bit of time, and... Yeah. Well, you know. But in regards to, you know, the overall look of the character, I think... Or not overall look of the character, but, like, the... Uh, things are starting to crack in the foundation of who he is. And one of the biggest lines for me was the whole element of, as I try and pull my notes and stall for time, even though I never met him, he feels like a brother. And wait a minute, who's saying that? Uh, John Walker. Even though I never met him, he feels like a brother. Yeah, okay. okay. That line is very much like you have these characters like Sam and Bucky going, oh, Oh, you never met him, but he's like a brother to you. Yeah, well, I literally died in front of the man, you know. So yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I wasn't sure how to feel about that line actually. It's very much one of those like he's trying to seem like something he's not. Mm-hmm. Josh. Well, here's my take on it. In terms of the military, people, even though you're no longer in the military, people refer to each other as brothers or sisters. Good point. In the armed forces, so or that's Hulk Hogan would refer to every I was thinking person. more. He's more like a brother in terms of service. Yeah. I'm sorry I stepped over you, Josh, but or like Hulk Hogan, how he refers to everyone as his brother, even sisters. Brother, brother, his brother, brother. Oh, brother. Brother, bro, brother, bro, brother. But I, I don't know. Like that, that line did rub me the wrong way. It's like very much like a, he was like a brother to me. Yeah, sure he was, pal. I don't know. There's just something about there. I will admit, you know, he is a sympathetic character for the most part for me. Probably not for others, but like just that. I get that element of, I'm just trying my best, man. Like, when, when they're in the car or the vehicle and the vehicle keeps, like, stopping. I love that, by the way. Like, come, come on, come on, come on. No, we're just going to keep on walking. Yeah, I'm like 20 miles to the airport. You, you need a ride. It, it's that element of, just give me a chance, man. Like, I get it. I'm not your friend, but come on. We, we're on the same team. Yeah. Believe me, we are on the same team. Turns out they're really not, but... I love that idea of, you know, just just give me a chance, please. Just hear me out. Hear, hear my speech. Mm-hmm. And that is very much what that character is. And it's it's sad in a way, you know, because it's like, come on, come on, I'll be your friend. I'll give you a banana kaboom. You know, it's an ice cream with, you know, little uh, fireworks on it. Like Pop Rocks? Yeah. Oh, my. And little sparklers. Watch out for the cavities. Kaboom. Josh? It's a video game, too. Kind of reminds me of, like, a sad dog that comes to the door begging for food, and you feel sorry for him, and then you go to bend down to give the dog food, and and then he bites you. Or pees on you. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know. Like, there, 
again, just that element of the character, but that's just me. And, you know, as we're going throughout this episode, that whole aspect of who this Captain America is, you know, a Reddit user on the uh, Marvel Studios subreddit, Anthony G 1500 remarks, government's Captain America recipe, blonde hair, blue eyes, and a black best friend. (laughs) And they like just watching them make their debut in the middle of the fight on the trucks is one of those scenes where it is the Marvel universe is known for this, the Marvel cinematic universe, at least what I lovingly call hell yeah moments (laughs) when you see the fight going on. And then all of a sudden, Oh shit, here come two more guys. Boom, boom. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. I love seeing moments like that. I love the idea of, we don't know what's going to happen. And, WandaVision had them to an extent, but very much a subdued kind of, you know, uh, cerebral kind of element. Whereas this one is like, boom, boom. I I love the explosiveness of this. And obviously you can tell based on my energy compared to last week, I enjoyed this episode much more. But that element is there, was there in the first one, but this one, they ramped it up to 11. Wouldn't you both agree? Pretty much, yeah. They had to set the uh, groundwork, the foundation in the first episode so where you could, uh, you know, the starting jumping off point or whatever, and and even noticing with the fight scene of the S.H.I.E.L.D., I think that was the first realization that, oh, there's others who have now joined the fray of this uh, moving tractor-trailer fight scene, which is a little bit different in a sense. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and Doc Ock fighting on top of the moving train, but you realize that uh, who they're fighting are really uh, more than who they seem to be, especially when one of those characters, you know, shatters or breaks through the uh, highway sign. He breaks on through to the other side. Exactly. Hashtag Jim Morrison in the doors. Josh? I thought it was good. It raises more questions and the rock eyebrows for me as to what we're <laughs> going to be getting eyebrow. in the future. Well, I think if nothing else, one of the qualities of John Walker comes through, and you've seen how he must have done some serious practicing. He's pretty good at wielding the shield and throwing that around. And even you get a callback or a throwback to Bucky catching the shield for one brief second before giving it to to Walker. And again, you know, with that whole element of watching the the uh, practice sequences of John Walker doing it, I wish I had a real Captain America shield with those physics and everything, mm. just to throw it. Hit a thing, hit a thing, hit a thing. Comes back to me. Boom, caught it. Right. I love, like, right. as, you know, much grief as the character is going to get throughout the series, John Walker managed to practice the Captain America take back the shield pose. Like, pretty damn perfectly. You got to admit that. Yep, I agree. And I would say, overall, we are, you know, in a story where so much unexpected stuff happens. And by the way, R.I.P.D. to Red Wing. Mm-hmm. Red Wing. Red Wing is dead. He's se- he he's dead. He's smashed. Yeah. Just I didn't even know he was sick. I well until yeah, well Kaboom. Well, when you get that thing broken over the knee from, Again, from a super soldier. That is one of those moments in the series like I want to see Red Wing come back and he's gonna come back with a vengeance. And who was the one that killed off Red Wing? I think it was the girl super soldier, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So and that whole group, uh, Carly and all of them. Carly, thank you. The Flag Smashers. Yep. Ah, oh, man. It's it's very much one of those, I want to know where this is going to go. Bigger things to deal with as Sam is telling Bucky, who has found Sam. He's tracked him down, or he must have known from the texting that he didn't reply to. And, you know, 
just jumping back to that because he is upset that Sam did not take up the mantle of the shield. So we're we're finding out a little more, a little more backstory there again from Bucky having seen the newsreel about the new cap taking over, and then that motivates him. To, so in a sense, John Walker got these two together. And you know, like later on in the episode, we get the uh, quote unquote couples therapy yep. with uh, Sam and Bucky with these uh, therapists and. You know, you mentioned about the whole line about the shield, and there's, you know, th- this might be par- uh, paraphrasing or, you know, requoting it, whatever, but the line of maybe Steve was wrong about you, and if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. And that, like, straight up gives you onions at that moment where you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, because yeah. you can tell, like, regardless of all of their problems that they had, Steve and Bucky were the bestest of friends, and to hear that maybe he was wrong about you, Maybe he was wrong about me, too. Yeah, he may have just extrapolated, that is, uh, Bucky, in saying, in going out to that length, going off on the emotional tangent, whatever it took to bring Sam back into Bucky's framework of thinking, I would I would say. Mm-hmm. But definitely needed, I think, all the elements that were in there. Yeah, absolutely. To give these characters more dimension, depth, whatever the word is here. And, you know, depth, like... Look at how far down below uh, Bucky fell for a superhero landing. Landing two hundred feet. That's <laughs> and Josh, you had mentioned off mic in regards to that superhero landing. What was it with him landing on his arm? Well, if he landed on his arm, it would technically he'd be able to get another one, and it should have been able to stick the landing if he landed straight down on the arm. Straight. I think it would go literally through his skin at that point. Just go <laughs> like you know, like like a uh, skewer him. That would be the only thing that survived the fall. Yeah, I, I don't think he'd be fine. But again, I just, I also love how his idea of falling out of a plane, like everyone has their elegance to it. You like see Captain America like go at the, I think it was the end of, uh, or not the end, but in the beginning of Civil War or uh, Winter Soldier, when he jumps out of the plane, just very elegant, very proper, and just really badass looking. Buck is just like, eh, screw it, shrug. Ah! <laughs> Well, the, ca- the, the, the the original Captain America jumps out of the plane scenarios first happened in, um, I guess, the first Avengers. Was he wearing a shoot? No, he wasn't. <laughs> but again. Right? And, or, <sighs> or, or unless the, unless I'm getting that mixed up with uh, Winter Soldier. Either way, it's still a guy falling out of a plane. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like how there's a sense of decorum with Captain America. Or jumping 20, was it 25 floors from the elevator in uh, Winter Soldier also? And, you know, we also are, we're going to be, you know, just going all over on this episode, just at random points. But, like, the line of the big three, by the way, and shout out to our pal Matt Cascone, Mean Street Mac, Mean Streak Matt, I always call him Mean Street. It's never Mean Street. He's not, you know. Van Halen, Mean Street. Yeah. Good song. Mean Streak Matt or Matt's Minifigs on Instagram. He threw up a photo of uh, three Lego minifigures, a Ultron, a Thanos, and a Gandalf. And it really is. What is the big three, Eddie? The big three, androids, aliens, and wizards. And then they later on say big four because they add in another one. The, uh, they don't call okay. it the big four, but they go, well, it wasn't those three. It was something else. Yeah, right. I, I may have that a little further along here. But I just I think it's really funny that this char- that this is a thing. It is the big three. It, you know, even in um, WandaVision. Yeah. It was technically a sorcerer, or it was technically an android. Now, in regards to that whole element of what this could mean, what could be next with all of this, 
do you guys think that we like Loki, the next series, will it be a big three show? I think it's going to be involving sorcerers personally. Well, sure, that would lend itself to it pretty easily, I think. Josh, absolutely. I think it's going to have no, in my opinion, have no connection between any of the stuff that we've seen so far, and it's going to be its own separate thing. Ooh, why do you say that? I don't. I don't think that Loki would be a villain for any of the other shows, like for the Young Avengers. I feel like it would be awesome to see somebody else go after Loki, a new hero that hasn't been introduced. Now, one of the other things about the series is it's essentially into the Capverse, as somebody says. You know, somebody said on Reddit, but we have all of these different versions of Captain America. You know, we got the uh, we got Isaiah in here. And we also have Patriot from the uh, Young Avengers. And it got me thinking, could we see Nomad in this series very soon? Nomad, if you're not aware of the character, is a... He was the 1950s Cap, I believe. And then he, you know, beca- he became like a, you know, a wandering Nomad. And Captain America himself, Steve Rogers, was the character as well. Do you think Nomad could be a character? Or do we have Nomad in the form of the Winter Soldier? Because he's kind of like a hodgepodge of those characters. B. Yeah? I'm thinking the way things are going in the visual, the viewing portion of this Capverse or whatever, that uh, it would be more possible that, yeah, he does that. Bucky goes winter, goes no man route. Because, and he does, he has the look of it, too. Like, you, yeah. you could see him, and we're referring to the 1990s uh, Fabian Nicieza run, where he's running around on a little motorcycle. And that is very much apropos for the character of nomad as well as this interpretation of the winter soldier mm-hmm. josh i think it opens up to as many people because what's great about marvel is that they introduce people that you've never even heard of for this episode i'm like thank god google exists <laughs> research 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 which but, is great because i think it's uh awesome but again you mentioned you know that whole idea of you know you're you have to google these characters afterwards but to be completely honest i feel like you don't even need to do that because they do a damn good job enough on their own of explaining who they are well they explain who they are but then they do such a great job at it that you want to know as much as you can about each person and i would also say you know we're going to throw some praise to the distinguished competition right now but in the uh in the recent Snyder Cut, a character gets introduced, and it's like a whole, they've been there all along kind of thing. Eddie, earbuff yours right now, because I'm going to spoil part of it for you. Do, or do you care enough? Go right ahead. Martian Manhunter. He's been there all along. and Yeah, as somebody else. Yeah, and it, but it, that's what the Martian Manhunter is. Yeah, right, shapeshifter. So I like that idea, and they do a good job of explaining it. They tell you, oh, by the way, this is what's been going on this whole time. And... I like the idea of all of these characters just at random appearing, you know? Well, I'm going to jump jump back to, you know, talking about landing the arm and stuff that when you saw Bucky go off the side of the tractor trailer and, you know, tear down the side, cut a line, so to speak, with, with his arm. Cut a rug, even. That the arm was different in its um, uh, appearance, coloring. Yeah. It was it was darker. And then it was just kind of dropped in there, I think. You didn't realize it was a completely chrome-ish or silver-ish yeah, it was, the, it was the black arm from uh, Wakanda. That's it, then. Okay, with some accenting. The and black whatnot. and gold. I, which, by the yeah. way, I love how that arm looks as opposed to the uh, the main one that he had from uh, Mother Russia. 
Mm-hmm. I like that one much more, but I'm going right now through the Ed Brubaker run of Captain America, and I just finished up the Winter Soldier arc. I just finished uh, the Crossbones one, I believe. Something red. I forgot what the title of it is, but whatever it is. I'm currently into Civil War, and this is the thing about Marvel with their properties such as this that I really enjoy. When WandaVision came out, and there were sales on Comixology, I bought every single Wanda and Vision series that I was missing at that point. Because, you know, again, a little bit of disposable income. It's kind of nice to be able to do stuff like that for, you know, ch- stories on the cheap. Hey, it gets us a graphic novel for $4? Hell yeah, I will. Mm-hmm. But I already had from, like, a sale a long time ago the entirety of the Ed Brubaker Captain America, and I've been wanting to read it. And I'm like, eh, eventually I'll get into it. This series really pushed me in the direction of reading Captain America by Ed Brubaker. I'm going to be going through uh, his Winter Soldier series, you know, uh, three volumes and then fourth volume by some jobber. But there's a lot of really cool stuff that makes you want to be able to consume more of this media, and I really enjoy that. And I I hate the term consume because Red Letter Media really did a great job of uh, ruining that for people. Do you prefer the word ingest? (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's making you check out more of the stuff, and it also makes me really appreciate Ed Brubaker's run on the character. How about just read? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but again, it's it's making me want... The, the term consume, though, really does apply for it because it makes you want to check out other things and consume all forms of media for it related, you know, like the video games or the or the TV series and stuff. Now you're pushing on the, the word... mugs. I love coffee. You know, yeah. And now you're pushing on the word devour, so just be careful. Well, you know... Intake, moderation, that's all it is. Eddie, would you like to be my herald? What you paint, want to paint chrome, chrome paint, top silver? T- paint your silver, <laughs> throw you on a uh, surfboard, or turn it to a big fiery pedalactus. <laughs> and the sil- <laughs> give me an axe, make me out of stone, and call me Terax or something. I would say overall, though, in regards to this, it's making me want to enjoy more of these characters and discover more stuff. Like I'm planning on reading the 1970s stuff involving Nomad. Like there's just something cool about that in the original Secret Empire event as well as later on checking out the uh, Nick Spencer run of Captain America and the Nick Spencer Falcon stuff. There's just something about being able to check out all of this, and especially having it so readily available at my fingertips. I love that. I absolutely love that. It's definitely a lot easier nowadays than it would have been yeah. in my day to try and track down, and that's been my still my primary go-to. Well, I love the idea but, of being able you know, I miss the thrill of the hunt, and, you know... Mm-hmm. Having an itchy eBay finger isn't quite the same as going through a comic <laughs> bin or going to a convention, which, fingers crossed, we'll be able to do very soon. But your hands stay clean, at least. I'm... You know what? I'm in complete agreement with you on that because I did that recently at a comic book shop. I'm not going to name, but going through the back issue bins, and, yeah, my fingers were black with dirt yeah, that, and newsprint. So I completely understand. It doesn't matter too much which place you go to. There are a couple of exceptions that I note and that I go to, and that is really a good thing, but still... It's uh, you really got to be all in if you're, you know, committing to that time wise and, and everything else. I would say if you're committing to something, a name is something you have to commit to. And Captain, the new Captain America sidekick is called Battlestar. And my favorite part of the whole episode was they're giving off like, what's your name? Battlestar. Bucky goes, stop the car. <laughs> I, I love that absolutely so much for that element of. Are you kidding me? Really? This this is what you're going with. You're going at like, oh, what is uh, your next friend going to be called? Babylon Five? 
<laughs> so I really enjoy that. Oh, or you know, oh, what's what's the new uh, thing we have to battle? It's the Farscape project. <laughs> battle bots. I... Oh man, we can go with so many random 1990s, 80s, and 70s sci-fi yeah. shows and just go with that. But we're not going to because well, we, not we are not listeners. the uh, not the offshoot of the three of the androids, aliens, and wizards. But of course, Doctor Strange's name comes up as a as a sorcerer. See, he finally showed up in a Disney Plus project. <laughs> Next episode, we're going to get Reed Richards shoehorned in, played by John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Magneto shows up. What I'm getting at is all those fan theories were really stupid. But again, I digress. But it was a good line that's saying Doctor Strange, and yes, he's a sorcerer, but a sorcerer is a wizard without a hat. And then it leads into uh, Bucky revealing he is an absolute nerd by saying, a, a hipster nerd. I read The Hobbit when it first came out in 1937. I, I love that line so much. And again, I love how much this series makes, you know, this is doing a better job than WandaVision in a way because, yeah, you know, I could have wanted to watch a lot of the sitcoms, but when you hear Bucky go on saying, yeah, I read The Hobbit in 1937, I have The Hobbit sitting on my bookcase right now. I want to read it again. Because just because, you know, and I only knew about it from the '70s, and still has eluded my. Uh... Did you did you watch the '70s movies at least? Nope. Really? Nope. They're weird as shit. Well, like it, it's strange need, animation. I didn't need that to get to the way I am now. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Josh, plug for weird. Agreed. Yes. Thank you. Okay. And I, I, I was going to go into another little side note of um again a, a bit of a callback too because Sam saying how. Bucky was looking at you all stealth. A little time in Wakanda, and you come out White Panther, White Wolf, White Wolf. Wait, what? I love I love that so much. That's the only other time that we actually hear White Wolf. I think, other than the first, yeah, I believe from when he is. It's you know, a callback to Infinity War, and the kids are calling him that. Yeah, it's it's an absolute callback to Infinity War and the end of uh, Civil War, and it's I like that again. It's one of those things you hear that line. John Q. Public, who maybe hasn't watched all of the movies, will be like, oh, what a funny line, ha-ha, White Panther. Whereas you listened to that, and you're like, if you're somebody that's watched all the movies, has watched all the shows up to this point, you're just like, oh, my God, you guys, look! (laughs) They're referencing Infinity War 2018! I love it. I think it's, it's such a great little element of that world building, and... You got to have a lot of world building if you created your, you know, cinematic universe as of 2008, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, that's that's what makes Marvel a much better viable option in terms of entertainment as opposed to a lot of other universes. And I would say it, there is going to be there is going to come a time and it kind of has already happened, you know, with the uh, removal of the the Netflix shows as well as the Agents of Shield series from canon. Because now, you know, like, they're canon, but they're not canon. Well, you know, it's it's like the Mandarin, Eddie. Where's the Mandarin? Exactly. <laughs> he's here, but he's not here. He's here. It's complicated. But it, it, I feel like there will be more house cleaning along the way in regards to, you know, what's next in terms of, you know, like, what matters and what doesn't. A lot of, like, the uh, 2008 Incredible Hulk movie doesn't really matter anymore because, you know, Ed Norton isn't the Hulk anymore. I don't know. I don't, Eddie, did you know about this? He's not the Hulk anymore? Yeah. Yes, I knew that. Thank you. I mean, it, it, Josh, did you? As far as I knew. Yeah. Okay. Edward Norton, 
breaking news on the Marvelous podcast. Edward Norton is no longer the Hulk. Yeah, no incident in how many days now? <laughs> we will be back to you with more information as we receive it. Wait, 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 we just got word. Robert Downey Jr., ladies and gentlemen, at the reveal for the Avengers cast. He is saying, reprising the role of the Incredible Hulk. Narrator. Wait a minute. Reprising? But he just said Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk. More as we get back to you on this, ladies and gentlemen. And now the news. I am a horse's ass. Time travel. (laughs) (laughs) But I I love this whole idea of what could be next for the Marvel Universe. Because, like, again, the whole house cleaning or spring cleaning of all of it, it can be helpful, but it can also be detrimental, you know? Like, I feel like eventually the Netflix series... They're no longer canon, which is a shame, but there was oh so much great content in there. Now, like, Josh, I'll ask you, because I've never really heard your opinion about this. In regards to that quote-unquote thing of does it matter anymore if it doesn't matter to the overall story, the Netflix stuff doesn't count anymore. It's not canon. So, like, it's an element of, for me, what is the point? Are you kind of in the same boat? Like, you watch and you're just like, what does it matter? Or you're, you're still appreciative of the story and what happened in it? I appreciate the story. I mean, Daredevil for what they did for Netflix. Oh my gosh! Especially with introducing Kingpin, their version of Kingpin over there. Like, when I was wow. Boy. When I was canon. But yeah, I, I like that whole element of the story still matters. But for me, though, at the flip side, it's like, what's the point? Like, I love Star Wars, and I can't read the Thrawn trilogy as much as I'd love to. It's still it's an element of who cares. Thrawn comes in later on, you know, through Star Wars Rebels now. So what does it matter? And it's a different story. Mm-hmm. Same writer writing it in the novels, you know, Timothy's on. But I digress. Yeah. This is not a Star Wars podcast because I'd kill myself if it was. But <laughs> but getting back to the Winter Soldier, as you were saying, what I would like to now hear and or see is he mentioned White Wolf and getting that name from Wakanda. How did he get the name? Is it a term of endearment? Is it did he do something bad and now he's now called the White Wolf? What did he do in Wakanda all that time that he was there? I don't think he was just randomly, you know, taking baths in a random stream all that time. Wakanda name is that? Oh, yeah. Well, one that was given to him from from the people native to that land, mm-hmm. who are of a, of a you know different ethnicity, and he that is Bucky coming into this being the um, the white sheep, let's say, got that got that moniker, and with with a stray mm. animal, so to speak. So I guess maybe in a loose way, white wolf is what they came up with. I can see that. That's hyperbole or something like that. I'd rather be dances with wolves. You, well, okay then. Shout out to Big Kev, Kevin Costner, and also to our pal Zombie Sailors Toys. We have a local Big Kev, but that's a barbecue thing. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. It's true. It's good stuff. And you know. One of the lines, so also, we got to go over to that moment where they go to that little town in uh, Baltimore and we see the other Captain America. And my favorite part of the whole that whole scene was the kid making fun of uh, Falcon. Oh, look, it's Black Falcon. <laughs> Just such a great line. And again, I had mentioned on the previous episode, this show plays with race and the issue of race quite a bit. I'm not qualified to talk about any of this, but man, that cop scene. Oof. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was very much a... Assumption. Very much, 
atopical kind of moment. And again, I'm not qualified to talk about this as a white male, but... But the quick turnaround, though, because I don't think you expected... Well, you didn't know what was going to happen with the police scene, first of all. It's very much commentary. But but the officer saying to Bucky, is this gentleman bothering you? That was the first thing. But then it turns into the the second police car showing up and saying, "Uh, sorry, Bucky, uh, James, you're under arrest. Sorry, Buck, you're under arrest. Yeah. But, man... Because you violated your uh, next appointment. Government uh, condition, and then eventually it all gets you know swept under the rug. You know, <laughs> my. Go ahead. Did you did you guys pick on that part where they're just like, oh, you're the Falcon, you're clear to go. It's like, what if he wasn't the Falcon? And just, that's right. There was that part in there in, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just something about you know that scene where it's very much a, uh, it's a hot button topic. I didn't recognize you without the costume. I think he, the officer yeah. said, yeah. And come on, like what? Because he doesn't have goggles on his face. Come on, I, come on, mm-hmm. son. But. We digress. Now, but even before that, too, I don't think we mentioned the line that Walker used about, you know, Cap's wingman. I was going to, I was literally about to get into that, actually. There we go. I love that line because of how patronizing it is. Double speak. Yeah. It's very much a line where when you hear it, you're just like, oh, oh we're just the sidekicks. We're, we're the uh, appetizer for the main entree. No one gives a shit about the entree. <sighs> or no one gives I, a shit about the appetizer. The appetizer, yeah. Yeah. Josh? Language, sir. It's the kids <laughs> Good <show>. answer. <laughs> And I, I again, just that line of the wingmen. It's very much a dismissive kind of thing, too. It's like they're they're an afterthought. Like, and I hate saying it, but as a fan of Captain America, I'm kind of in agreement. They really are afterthoughts. Like Eddie, you know, do you care about the Falcon for the most part? Do you care about the Winter Soldier? I'm watching the series. Damn it. Well, so. yeah, I get that because there's that lingering hope for both of us. Maybe Cap will come back, but we know he won't. Mm. In this version, yeah, yeah, they're moving on. They're they're moving forward, and I, I actually thought, with respect to seeing more of Red Wing, that now Falcon has a sidekick or an accomplice or an assistant. Do you think we're going to get an actual bird as Red Wing in this series? I don't think it's practical. So, you think so? Yeah, no, I, no. The Red Wing may have more of a, a lifespan, so to speak, than when the Fantastic Four, I think, in the cartoon series, had Herbie. Or in a little bit in the oh, comic book. Come on, Eddie. You don't want to see like a bird randomly pecking at Batrock the Leaper? <laughs> I would watch that series. I know. It just every episode ends with, ow, my head. <laughs> but I, I love... Uh, Peck that head. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's just something about that. But that element of all of these characters and, again, into the Capverse, the first black super soldier... Yeah. Man, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Where's he been? He'd been in prison, he said, for 30 years. And it, again, Isaiah. Com- commentary on the real world, just seeing a line like that, hoo boy. Mm-hmm. But again, not qualified to talk about that. But And, and very much, um, you know, a hot button, a hot topic, hot potato thing that he does not want to really get into, talk about yeah. whatsoever, get out of my house. Falcon barely gets to say anything, and he's already, and Isaiah's like, out, out of here. Next episode. Do you think we're going to be having flashbacks involving Isaiah? Wouldn't be a bad idea. Josh? I think it would be a horrific idea. I think what the show is going for is who receives greater popular acceptance? Who is the hero? Who is the sidekick? Yeah. I like that, yeah. Well, we could watch Sky High also, for that matter. Available now on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Which I think is disheartening because Isaiah, apparently, who was... I thought you were saying Sky High is disheartening. I'm like, (laughs) dude, it's got Bruce Campbell and Kurt Russell. Yes. 
Josh? Yeah, the super soldier, but I guess he wasn't good enough. He wasn't their version of what Captain America should be, which is kind of ridiculous. Right place, right time. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Now, before we wrap this episode up... We need the session. Get closer. The miracle question. The soul-gazing exercise. I AKA lo- the staring contest. I love all of that. And again, just watching that exchange between the two of them, it's very much a... You could cut the tension there with a knife. Yeah, absolutely. You could cut it with a katana. No Deadpool involved, but you get my point. But you get... Uh, well, I thought of Suicide Squad and... Uh, what's honka, honka. Yeah. But you get... Humor and you get seriousness, you get, oh, you know, that one struck home, you know, kind of thing. From why did Sam give up the shield to Sam saying what he did that he they can't understand, that is possibly Steve and Bucky, that he did what he thought was right. And then, of course, at the end of the session, telling the therapist, thanks, Doc, for making it weird. Yeah. I would say... It most certainly, it most certainly did get weird with everything that goes on and... Especially, you know, the uh, positioning of the legs, you know. Yeah, well, right. That must have been painful. You can only get so close when you bump, you know, knee to knee and stuff. So you have to go one to this side, one to that side. Woman, a woman. And a a call, not a callback, but a remembrance of one of those rules that were set up between uh, Bucky and the therapist. Rule number two, don't hurt anyone. So in other words, I'm thinking the therapist is saying you hurt your friend. So go make up. Make amends, whatever it's going to take. Kiss and make up, little I didn't say that, you know. They could, though. But then that's about where you're going to get the um, the stay the hell out of my way line from John Walker. Yeah. We've maybe now defined the parameters of of what these individual characters' purposes are in what's going to be coming up. Who's it going to be? How's it going to be? Where we were, is it where Third are, Eye Blind? Yes, I was, I, okay. You know, I always confuse Goo Goo Dolls and Third Eye Blind. Oh no! I swear to God, I do. That's I really do. Good. That's not good. Because like they, they, they're very much kind of the same band, but yet Third Eye Blind is a little bit more edgier. You know, not really. So, they're two different names. Thank you. Thank they you, are. Josh. They are two different names. What what valuable insight? <laughs> well established Goo Goo Dolls, newer comers, Third Eye Blind, and I would go off into a vertical horizon tangent, perhaps with who relates to who better, or. Uh, was it Champagne Supernova, that song? Oh, that's Oasis. The Oasis, oh, yeah. What's the story of Morning Glory, 1995? There you go. See, and that's that's where I would get them we... confused. Which, by the way, is a solid album. I just got it for uh, 50 cents or a dollar. Oh, very It's a really nice. good album. Okay. Josh? I-, I never got that. Oh. And the significance <laughs> then, too, now, as we get a closer to the wrap-up of this episode with the Super Soldier um sacrifices i have called it and the mantra that they've already uh, mentioned at least once before one world one people but one the super love we saw that <laughs> oh wow that's a definite throwback to something else to um you too you too no i'm thinking of somebody else i can't remember who though the safety dance it's that's the spelling contest it's something else s s s a k I love that version of the song, by the way. Just we go on musical tangents because, well, it's a good for, song for our show too. So it's for what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's not walk like an Egyptian where you're still moving your hands around, sort of like that. But well, you yeah. know which version of safety dance I'm talking about. I love that opening with yes, spell it all out. Yeah, and then you listen to the main, you know, album version. It doesn't have that. No, or the single. Yeah, the single. No, the single has that. I think edited for radio time. I think. Yeah, I hate edited for radio. I know that. I know, but it's my job. It's what I do. That's what I do. Mark Henry. Still not in the Hall of Fame. So, 
it's come to uh, me referencing the end, and we have the Falcon and Winter Soldier saying that they need to go see Zemo and see a girl about to dance. That's not their <laughs> shtick. Well, my my that thing, part was done already. My thing about this with Zemo. What does this mean? Because a lot of people are speculating, could he become an unknowing ally? And it turns out the big bad of this series is U.S. agent. Well, if, I don't know. If Zemo doesn't read out of that damn book from, you know, that's going to brainwash Bucky again. I love how you're wagging your finger. As you're we'll if okay. he doesn't do that. You behave over there. That's right. Remember that rule. Don't hurt anyone. Don't you do that. Dangada, dangada, dangada. Stay the hell out of my way. Everybody underestimates the kick in the groin. But with that, it, you know, that whole element of Baron Zemo, is he an unexpected ally? Is U.S. Agent the big bad of the series? We don't know. However... I think it's someone else. I, I think Zemo is... I have a name. A player to be named and later? Power Broker. Power broker. I think the bad guy is Zemo. Like, it's all, you know, cloak and dagger. It's all, you know, smoke and mirrors kind of thing with this because we've seen photos, we've seen video of Zemo putting on the purple sock on his face. Oh. And, you mm-hmm. know, he's got to be the villain in this. He's just got to be. Yeah, with a look like that, it can't be good. Maybe it's Maybelline, Eddie. We don't know. Maybe it's Maybelline. But Maybelline, Chuck Berry, that song sucks. But no, it, I never oh, cared for it. Fine, come fine. on. You know you gotta you gotta go with the uh, what was his other song? He had a bunch. Yeah, he did. Well, so, yeah, the Great Twenty Eight. But <laughs> that's exactly right. That's a CD that you may have seen or heard or yeah, whatever. As you peruse the Marvel basement mansion manor, or something like that. Yeah, wah ba baloo bop. That's little Richard. <laughs> yeah. So stay the hell out of my way. That was the line that uh, my wife said. I, I don't know. I'm not sure that I trust this guy. U.S. agent. I love I love that idea of just with one line. Like, yeah, there are the cracks in the foundation, but boy, oh boy, did the footing give way underneath at that moment. Yeah. Josh? Did it ever. Strong words from a strong man. He is. And that's up there. episode two. And that's the way the cooking crumbles. Attack of the Clones. Now, um, in... I got to tell you guys, last week's episode, episode one, I thought it was okay at best. It was one of those like slow start, much like my explanation of, you know, how I feel about this. Very slow, very (laughs) plotting, very useless in a lot of ways because like there are moments, but it's not like the action was there. What I'm getting at is that episode had heart. But football in the groin had a football in the groin. And with this one, this had the action, this had the storytelling, it had a nice evenness of everything. Nice element of backstory. Will I admit, was I, you know, that's why we really didn't talk about much of it, because it felt so unremarkable, but the Flag Smasher stuff, eh, eh, who cares? Like, that'll that'll play a part later on. You know what, and maybe I'm wrong, but this is, I think, a Captain America villain in the comic books. <clears throat> Excuse me, where he has the American flag painted across his face. Oh, uh, Nuke. I love Nuke. That's the character's name. Okay. Nuke uh, was in Jessica Jones season one. Oh. And okay. he's very much one of those characters I really cannot wait to see introduced into the MCU. 
I would love to see them reincorporate that actor and just throw the you know red, white, and blue face paint, but who knows what will happen. But okay. I digress. What I'm getting at is that episode was slow. The first episode of this series was slow, and it really didn't kick until the very final minute, and that's what bummed me out about it. And that's why I gave it my C-plus rating. This, on the other hand, from beginning to end, for the most part, it was a perfect episode. Again, throwing away those uh, Flag Smasher stuff, I love this episode. And it gets like a straight-up A-minus from me, like right off the bat. Another technical note, too, that I thought was really cool, and I don't know that we had really seen it in the first episode, but we definitely did with the second, was looking at Falcon as he's flying, as if there's a camera right in front of him, and you see behind him in the background really quick and stuff. So a little different angles and shots. That was very cool. In addition, of course, to uh, Red Wing checking Bucky as he made that landing at Get Out of My Face. Yeah. You know, don't hurt him, but yeah. Well, Josh, what did you think of the episode overall? I think it's going to open up for so many possibilities. What I would personally like to see is Bucky's still trying to cope with all these bad things that he's done. What if he tries to cope with Tony, the death of Tony Stark's parents? That's huh. one. What if we see later on down the line, we see Steve Richards is the guy behind the desk working for the Young Avengers, the head honcho. Stevie Richards? You said Steve Richards, Josh. Steve, did I Did I really? Yes, he Steve did. Steve Rogers. There we go. There we go. You'll show us. We'll see. And I think it also is a great opportunity for somebody to snap under this great pressure that all of these guys have to live up to this ideal that really they're not going to be shoes that they're not going to be able to fill no matter what they do. And so I think somebody is going to snap. In my opinion, it's going to be the Falcon. Snap? I'm going to say Thanos. I'm going to say Tony Stark. No, I'm going to say. Power. Let's see. Bruce Hulk did it. Tried. Okay. Snap is going to be, yeah, Rhythm is a Dancer. Okay, Stop here we that. go again. Follow-up. I think <laughs> it would be John Walker, and the shield gets taken away from him, and it does become Sam Wilson, who will take Ooh, up the shield. Yeah. By the way, I just that got your be. joke last week of no relation. Whoa. Because when I'm editing the show, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> Yikes. Josh, that, that was that kind of moment. Josh, he may be your best friend, but this is what I have to work with. <laughs> I know what you mean. My condolences. So, Josh, are you related to Flip? Flip who? I'm oh, sorry, I meant Eddie. Are you related to Flip? Wow, another name wrong. Yeah. Steve Richards, Josh Wilson. Okay. <laughs> that is an amalgam I didn't know existed. Uh-huh. But before we wrap this episode up, one other thing I want to bring up Please. is in regards to... Agent 13, Sharon Carter. Where is she? We see her in the credits in every episode in regards to, you know, like the graffiti and whatnot. Yeah. But what part is she going to play? And gentlemen, I'd like to feel it to both of you. Uh, Eddie, you first? Yeah, I I think it's going to be where she'll just be there. Like in the first episode, Don Cheadle's character was there. Uh, Jim Rhodes. Okay, boom. Hey, look who's here. And you might get a little um, review or a catching up of where this character has been many vocal stylings of peter melnick thank you not how dare you sir it's been a while for that it's been a while stained i stained the joke for sure josh i don't think they're going to bring her in just for a quick hey how are you doing i'm just here to enjoy the fruit salad (laughs) 
Cobb, sa- Cobb salad, Josh. What? Cobb salad. They they have a little bit more of a budget. I I, I agree. But not up to the but, chef salad level. Oh, Cobb salad though is divine. Okay, you gotta admit that. I don't know why I'm doing the Italian hand. That's a good. Hey, Bon Jovi. Yeah, this is the kind of content you come for weekly, folks. <laughs> and then some. Josh? Yeah, so stay tuned. That's two O's. That's a good movie. Well, no, it wasn't. But, yeah, I would say I'm curious where we're what we're getting with uh, Sharon Carter because I feel like she's going to play a big part. At least we will see her at the end of the next episode. And, again, that's what I like about this series so far. We get introduced to a character, they show up for the final minute, and then you're like, wait, 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 give me more. It doesn't happen. And that's not the cliffhanger, but that's the hook for the next show. Yeah. Very well done. And a lot of people are saying, you know, in regards to this show, like... We're the end credit scene. That's what I was looking for also. No, So far, no mid or end credit scene. Yeah, I admit I kept pushing the 15-second button, like, come on, come on, is there anything? Okay, Georgia Peach, we're good. (laughs) Yeah, George. (laughs) All right, we're there. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess there's nothing in this one. But yeah, that that's what I like about this. And I feel like getting us hooked onto the next one, what are we going to be seeing? We don't know. And that's, again, that's some more. And next week we will definitely be seeing Zemo. Not to be confused with the alcoholic beverage, Zima. And I will keep saying this. If you have the opportunity to do so, uh, Daniel Brohl is a phenomenal actor, and I am hooked on his work. Definitely check him out. First off, if, you, if you've never seen it in Glorious Bastards, he's really, really good in that one. But the movie that really you know caught my attention of the guy, Goodbye Lennon. Check that out. And so I think that's going to be time for us to say goodbye mm-hmm. to this episode. Uh, Josh, again, thank you for being on here and talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier you are, and welcome. I will put spaces between words from now on, just like you did. I love William Shatner. Me too. Happy 90th birthday this Nine, week to oh, William Shatner. Yeah. Who doesn't do podcasts? Did you know that? Now I do. Yeah, he's a stickler. We'll never get him. Although I tried getting him at Eternal Con, but I digress. Anyway, for The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Josh Rosegrand. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior! I think it's gonna be a long, long time Till Touchdown bring me around again I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. A rocket man. Burning out his fuse out here alone. 